The role of the modern day pastor and ministry leader is changing. More and more pastors around the world today are ministry leaders who are doing multiple jobs and wearing multiple hats. They are bivocational or co-vocational leaders. They may be pastors looking for creative ways to use their church or staff to create income and revenue for sustainability. They may be ministry leaders who are looking for ways to launch for-profit initiatives or integrate innovation into their organization. They may be those who want to do missions globally and find creative ways to create sustainability. Or they may be marketplace leaders who are called to stay in the marketplace, but want to be part-time pastors, lay pastors, start ministries or nonprofits. This is the age of the new ministry leader. They wear different hats and do different things. They are technologically savvy and global. They are who God is using to make an impact in cities and communities around the world. This is the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader Podcast, and these are their stories. Well, welcome to our first inaugurating video or interview for the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leaders Podcast. And of course, I had to invite my boss and the president of Northern Seminary, Dr. Bill Shield. Bill, welcome. Thank you, Tommy. It's a pleasure to be here and to be on the team with you and the Growth Center. You know, we want to be able to highlight through this podcast stories of entrepreneurial ministry leaders, pastors, marketplace leaders who just love the Lord. And in their own way, they were continuing to really be able to uh, share the gospel in all contexts. And so thank you for this opportunity to serve over at Northern Seminary. Well, Tommy, you've brought a, a unique amount of energy and vision uh, for this special day. And I feel like Providentially, uh, God has brought us together for such a time as as this. In the midst of a pandemic, um, you are providing to us a, a new set of tools that we can use to train not only pastors and church planters, but also marketplace professionals in their calling uh, to really impact the kingdom uh, in creative, innovative ways. So thank you for your gifts and your vision. Thank you. Hey, and Bill, for those who may not be uh, familiar with Northern Seminary, share a little bit about the seminary and its presence in Illinois by its goal and vision. You bet. Well, Northern has been around since 1913. We were actually started by the Second Baptist Church of Chicago. And right in the midst of the Spanish flu pandemic, Tommy, in 1918, Northern moved out of the basement of Second Baptist Chicago and bought a building on West Washington Boulevard because they believed that God was going to use uh, the outcome of the pandemic to draw people to him. And Northern felt like that we needed more trained, educated clergy, both lay and pastoral leaders uh, to train people for the church. And so that's exactly what happened. For 50 years, we were on West Washington Boulevard on the west side of Chicago, then for 50 years in Lombard, and for the past three years, we have been streaming live around the world in 42 states and 10 countries. We have a site in Lawndale in partnership with Lawndale Community Church and the Christian Community Development Association. On the south side, the Center for Urban Leadership in partnership with New Life Covenant Church Southeast. And then uh, in Cincinnati, Richmond, and now San Antonio, our, our vision is to lead the church and engage the world. And the way we do that is by training uh, pastors and church leaders uh, to really innovate and to design programs for the kingdom of God today. And so we have 
just about 300 students, um, as well as over 400 subscribers to our Seminary Now platform, where people can have access to content uh, on demand, like Netflix or Masterclass. Mm. And then now we have the Growth Center, which you are leading, and we're so thrilled to be convening and gathering these entrepreneurial ministry leaders uh, to design innovative ministry for today. Yeah. Now, Bill, uh, for those who may not know, share a little bit about yourself. Did you grow up in Chicago? Were you connected with Northern Seminary? What made you decide to come? Well, thank you for even asking. Tommy, when most people hear me talk, they know that I'm, I'm not from around here. They know that I grew up in the South. I was called to ministry as a ninth grader. And early on, I knew I had a calling to preach and to teach. Uh, I attended college at Samford and then graduate school at Baylor, pastored uh, for 17 years in the local church and accepted a call to come to Northern just over four years ago um, for one of two reasons. One, Northern had a heart for the city and training pastoral leaders to address the issues of racial injustice, the problems that were going on in both rural and urban churches. Uh, and also out of a real need as a pastor uh, in, in primarily college towns, I had a hard time uh, calling uh, seminary graduates. I did not find that seminary was training pastoral leaders for the issues of congregations. And I felt like that Northern was preparing leaders for today's world. And I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, so little did I know that in the midst of what we were dealing with at Northern, that we'd have the chance to change our entire educational model. And three years ago, we moved to a live stream model, which has really been ahead of the time here in light of COVID-19. And now all of our master's programs are available via live stream. And then we have doctoral programs as well. So on the side, I teach preaching. I teach a little bit of New Testament. And my, my primary study is in the book of Acts, how the gospel was first preached and taught in the early church and in the ancient world. And so I'm a student of communication and innovation. Um, as a pastor, both in Knoxville and Tallahassee, I, I learned so much as a pastor from Christian business professionals uh, who would oftentimes say to me, you know, nobody ever comes to me and asks me what to do in the church. And they didn't have time to be a part of the committee system. But I felt like that God had really called them uh, to their occupation and vocation as much as God had called me, that their work as a, as a marketplace leader was just as significant as my work as a pastor. In fact, most of the time, the most creative conversations of evangelism and the gospel were happening more in the break room than they were happening in the committee room at the church. And so I would oftentimes have a chance to engage with them, to teach, to share, to help them be salt and light. And of course, learn from them about how to be a more effective minister. Yeah. Hey, Bill, we're talking to Dr. Bill Shield, president of Northern Seminary. Did I hear you right? You went to Stanford for your undergrad and Baylor for your grad? Well, Samford, like we like to say in Birmingham, Samford, not Stanford. So it's a great school in Birmingham there. And then Baylor yeah. for my graduate work. Yep. When you went to both of them, what was your major? What, did you think that you were going to go on the uh, pastoral route or did you think you were going to do something differently? Yeah, sure. I was, I was a religion major at Samford and I was a, a theology MDiv, Master of Divinity at, at Baylor and then New Testament PhD. So um, but one of my avocations is music. So on the yeah. side, I was a music minister and oh, wow. then a pastor. So I learned a lot about working with people 
and leading people by directing volunteer choirs because there's nothing quite like a volunteer choir to to provide on the ground leadership training. Yeah. And uh, in in Knoxville, when I was a pastor there, we started a not not for profit called Heart of Knoxville, which was really my first foray into Christian community development and what that looked like. Got it, got it, got it. And then one of the things that you mentioned was that Northern Seminary was ahead of its time a couple of years ago, and you guys went to live stream. What what made you, as you look back, what caused you all to make that decision? Was it just through finances, or you just saw something that no one saw? Sure. Well, we one one of the things is we listened very carefully to our to our congregation who were sending students and our students who wanted to come, and of course the the cost of seminary education at that point was out the roof. The average seminary uh, seminary graduate was graduating with $36,000 in seminary debt. Uh, seminary was not affordable. And uh, churches were telling us we're sending our best talent away for four or five years, and then they never come back. So they're a little bit like uh, people who would move from overseas and come to America and never co- go back home, these seminary graduates would come and stay and never leave. And they wanted to be able to stay home and serve their congregations while they were studying. And so we designed this in order to meet the needs of the local church. We dropped the cost of a seminary degree uh, by 42 percent. Our average cost per student has fallen 42 percent. And our enrollment in that time has gone up 55 percent because of the work that's happened. And then of course, our average student debt has declined 95%. Uh, now today, the average student carries just about $2,500 of, of federal loan debt, which is manageable. You know, um, A lot of our students are on scholarship. We have great support from churches and people who gather and we've just made it affordable and accessible. And that's what really drove it. And now with the Growth Center, uh, we're adding that innovative layer to help really innovate for a world during and after the pandemic. When you were thinking about launching the Growth Center, and the Growth Center is the organization which the Entrepreneurial Ministry Podcast uh, is it's originating from, what's your vision for the Growth Center? What is your hope that you want to see, Bill? What I want to see is a, a place where, and a community that can be formed, where we connect three different groups. Um, traditional pastors who are apostolically gifted and know that their their church needs a new future that God has a preferred future for the church but it's not going to be not going to come from going back to the past but by seeing the church being reborn out of the issues and crises we're facing and then church planters who are also apostolically gifted. You'll find that's the common theme. They are entrepreneurs, they're innovators, but they really like the grounding and systems and structure and lack the grounding and structure that that oftentimes a church provides for them. They're always starting new things, but they need a group, a community around them to help. And then the, the what I call the untapped resource of every Christian ministry, and that is a, a Christian professional who has started a business or is innovating in their business. Again, oftentimes based on um, Ephesians 4, they are apostolically gifted. They are apostles, they're innovators, they're go-getters, they're starters, but they probably sit in the back of of the church. They come in late, they leave early, and and they are doing incredibly transformative work for for God's kingdom. 
And they just want to mentor. They want to pour into somebody. They want to bring those gifts into the church. Well, if we could bring those three together, then God will then begin to do a new work that is going to to really draw more people to him through educated church leaders who are able to then renew and transform the church for his glory. Yeah. And I love what you're saying, Bill. Even within the growth center, how do we be able to equip these students with not only professors, but pastors, but marketplace leaders in different industries all coming alongside to encourage that person on their journey? That's exactly right. You know, I, I remember as a, as a young pastor, I had been trained in seminary to do, to do all kinds of things, preach and teach and disciple. But as you know, it takes more than just preaching uh, to actually administer a ministry. And where do you go for those ideas and equipment? Uh, it even takes more than just a business degree. It takes someone to walk beside you who knows uh, the day-to-day operations. And then also what I found from the Christian business professionals I've worked with is they want to see their work as as part of God's work. They want to see how their work fits into the larger work that God is doing, the big story that God is telling across our world even now. So that that way, uh, when we bring them together through the entrepreneurial ministry leader, there's a mutual collaboration, learning. Yeah, and And versus I've been to Nairobi, I've been to different churches where they say, okay, the role of the pastor is up here and everyone else is down here. But yet at the same time, you're beginning to really be able to see that everyone is called differently, but they're all on the same level. No one occupation is better than the other person. That's exactly right. Um, when when I was um, right, at, right in uh, early 2000s, um, 2002, had a chance to go over to Croatia and meet with Croatian pastors and business leaders uh, who had been sheltering Bosnian refugees. And what I saw after the Croatian-Bosnian War changed my mindset about uh, how we can work as a, as a, as a ministry uh, plan and program here in America. Because what I saw is true partnership. The pastors were excited about sharing the gospel, but they would work alongside their ministry leaders to shelter refugees, to create businesses, yeah, to yeah. train orphans. And, and there was no distinction. The, the preachers were ordained as well as the business leaders were ordained. And, and this was in following the Croatian-Bosnian War. So I thought, wow, if, if these Christians can figure out how to get, them, get their act together after a war, maybe we could come to America and learn from people who were what we would call overseas in a foreign country. We could actually learn from people in international places. So we began to dream and collaborate and think together. And now a seminary gets to be a part of that. Yeah. Hey, Bill, a lot of times is Northern has a commitment to diversity, men, women, different ages, different cultures, sex, everything like that. Why are you so committed? Why is this such an important value to you? Well, for me, I have found that I learn the most from people who are not like me. Uh, One of my earliest mentors in ministry was a woman New Testament professor that I had at Baylor. Um, and, and then I, one of my, my fa- my friends in, in seminary, Dr. Joe Parker, who's pastor of David Chapel Missionary Baptist Church in Austin was the first st- fellow student that really opened my eyes to the issues of racial injustice. And what I realized is 
uh, a seminary can be a part of bringing people together from diverse backgrounds to submit to one another in that spirit of submission that Paul talks about, that in humility, we can consider others better than ourselves and we can actually learn from one another. And out of that can strengthen ourselves almost like a trainer in a gym, that we can strengthen the community, strengthen the bonds that, that bring us together and then strengthen our churches and communities where we serve and pr- provide what I would call that long-term resilience and flourishing that we're longing for as pastors. Got it. Got it. Wonderful. And also for you, I mean, COVID-19 has hit in 2020. No one expected something like this to ever happen. Where do you feel like seminaries are headed? How are we, as you talk with some of your other peers, where do you think seminary education is headed to in the future? Well, I think you're going to see um, already the delivery system has has caught up with with where we were, uh, we're already seeing the live streaming delivery system happening. So seminaries went from in-person, in-the-classroom, residential model to a fully distance model in the process of four months. What took what it took several of us about five years to fully implement, a lot of seminaries went to it in four months. So you're going to see that uh, continue to happen. But what I, I really think uh, in the big picture, you're going to see more short-term micro-courses Uh, being offered in specific needs to address the skill set of pastors. So what what I'm finding is seminaries are going to be training centers. There will always be those core programs that are accredited master's and doctoral programs to train pastoral leaders. But alongside that, you're going to have micro-credentialing on-demand courses like Seminary Now. And the other thing is we're going to be a networking arm. We're going to be helping to grow the ecosystem to connect persons that uh, have not had the resources, have not had the connections, but they've got the gifting and they've got the uh, abilities given to them by the Spirit. But now they just need to grow their network and learn together um, from one another. And that's part of our responsibility as a, as a seminary is to give people access to not only the technology, not only the teaching, but then also uh, the Timothys and the Aquilas and the Priscillas and Deborahs that can help them um, continue to spread their work and to strengthen them in their local communities. Got it, got it. And the thing is, now you're you have so many different opportunities now because you've completely moved online. Not only are you you're not limited to students coming to Lyle, but the US and globally to Southeast Asia, to Africa, different places. Everything's fair game at this point. Yeah, I think the real exciting thing is the global church um, is is growing so fast that we we have the opportunity now through the through the, our platform to partner with various areas in, uh, around the world where there are marketplace leaders who are working, who want to be blessed in their ministries, who want to see their ministry as the ongoing movement of God in the church and through the church. And so uh, I think that will be on the forefront of our of not only our planning, but then also how God is going to continue to work. It's, you know, it's really the question for us is not whether God is going to be training new leaders for the church. Uh, the Spirit is always raising up new leaders and always training. The question for us at through the Growth Center is how can we be a part of that training process and how can we best serve uh, where the Spirit is moving unhindered? We're talking with Dr. Bill Shield, president of Northern Seminary. I'm going to switch gears a little bit and ask you some fun questions, all right? All right. Uh, 
And so I think if you were not a seminary president or a pastor, what would you have been instead? Well, I would probably have been a music minister. So I would either have been a music minister or some kind of teacher. I just love teaching. I love to see the eyes light up. and, And so anytime I'm educating and teaching others, that's my jam. When you were younger, did you know that you either wanted to be a teacher or something in music? Is that something that resonated with you when you were younger? Um, I had some pretty good mentors and great role models as a pastor um, for pastoring. And so my early church staff members, um, I still remember when my pastor came to my house after my dad died and comforted my family. That left a significant imprint on my mind. My home church music minister would let me just come around and pal around with him at the church. Um, And in just those times, you know, mentoring for me is just hanging out, you know, sort of like Jesus in in the gospel of John. Um, What are you looking for? Well, come and see, come hang out with Andrew and Philip and Nathaniel, you'll see him. Uh, And so that's kind of the way I I came into ministry. I thought that was a great thing. Um, It's also what I hope Northern can be a part of. So um, I just wanted to be like the people that I was always hanging out with. And and that seemed to be a natural um, step for me. Not a lot of people get to be in your chair as the president of a seminary. Mm-hmm. What is it like? What happens on a day-to-day sometimes is you have to be in meetings. You got to meet with your cabinet. You got to meet with the board of trustees. You're speaking and preaching. What are the other things that people don't see a lot of times in the role of a seminary president? Well, you know, everything I do as a seminary president, I learned to do as a pastor Uh, I just do it in the span of two weeks. So what would normally happen over the course of two years happens every two weeks as a seminary president. Uh, What they don't get to see uh, are stories of our senior adults and others who are involved in our ministry who are either alumni or their dad was a pastor. They were part of a church where a northern seminarian was the pastor and and their preaching and teaching has so impacted their lives. They want to give back and they want to give up be a part of the legacy. So I got a letter right in the midst of uh, the protests and the, right after George Floyd was murdered from a woman who, who said, you know, I'm, I'm too old now uh, to, to come to Chicago and I'm in my nursing home and under lockdown because of the pandemic, but I still want to be a part of what Northern's doing because I believe that what Northern is teaching is going to change lives for the gospel. And so to receive that letter and her gift that went along with it was a powerful testimony um, on an ongoing basis. And that's things that, you know, most people don't recognize that continue to be a part of the legacy of Northern. Uh, The other thing that, you know, that I get to do, not every seminary president gets to do is, you know, I write. So I get to write. I have a new book coming out on as a Bible study of Exodus that's going to be used to as part of our course here at the Grove Center. And, um, and I get to do some teaching. And so I'm, I'm engaged with our students and with our alumni to learn all the time about what they're facing so that I can help us as a seminary become a better and more effective seminary. As the leader of the seminary and everything like that for your own leadership skills, and you've had that exercise as a pastor, what are the things, what are your strengths in your leadership? So I'm sort of like an energizer bunny. So anything that is an activator, initiator, um, I lean into that. I love to to read and think and strategize. So I'm a, a strategist communicator. Uh, another way to describe it is a visionary shepherd. I see myself as the one who sets the direction 
in collaboration with others and communicates that, but then shepherds people along the way out of a deep sense of pastoral love and care for not only the church, but also the people we work with and the students we serve. Got it. And a couple last questions. Personally, are, you have kid, uh, I know you're married. How many kids do you have? I have two boys. I have a college student at SLU, St. Louis University. And in fact, interestingly, Tommy, you'll appreciate this. His major is entrepreneurship. So how Very about that? Nice. And then uh, my younger son is an eighth grader. And so on, and he is a swimmer. My college student was a swimmer until he graduated from high school. So my hobby is uh, to attend swim meets and to time swim meets. And I will tell you this, uh, you can learn a lot about leadership, good leadership by watching and paying attention to swim coaches because the way they invest in these young people and the way they give instruction and feedback and encouragement and training. I've picked up a lot of ministry tips and leadership tips from swim coaches just, just by observation and, and a little bit of instruction for parents as well. <laughs> and the last question I have for you, you and I were just talking about the Grove Center was actually named after an individual in Chicago by the name of Brimson Grove. Talk a little bit about Brimson Grow and what you know about him. Wow, we would not be here without without Brim Grow, and he left such a legacy to to so many institutions. But for Northern, he was a member of our board of trustees. He was also instrumental in recruiting several other board members to come on uh, into the Northern community. Um, he the library on our Lombard campus was named the Brimson Grow Library, and he established a trust. Um, to train leaders um, called the, the Grow Center, which is the name, the Grow Center is named after him. And it, it was designed to provide pastoral training and all the other skills that pastors need uh, beyond the seminary classroom and to supplement what we were already teaching in the seminary. At one time, those classes would come at, and be offered in a conference center and people would come for conferences and weekend retreats. And now because of uh, the, the virtual world we're living in now and the technology we have, we now can deliver that worldwide. So uh, the, so the Grow Center uh, was established many years ago, and, and, so, and those funds are now beginning to be used uh, for this, this Grow Center 2.0. And, uh, and Tommy, you're the leader of that, and, and I think Brimson Grow would be so excited to see what has become of this. In fact, when I was telling one of our trustees that knew Brim Grow about this. He said, oh my, Brim Grow would be would be so proud of what is happening uh, to the Grow Center today. Did you ever get a chance to meet him? Never did. Never did. He, he passed away before I came on board. So Okay. Now I have big shoes to fill. Yeah. Because when I think of the legacy of a Brim Grow, man, okay, now this puts everything in perspective. I got to make sure that we make sure we honor his legacy. I think we're doing it. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And you are our very first guest. And every single uh, week, we're going to come up with a guest that you're going to hear who is doing wonderful things as a pastor, ministry, marketplace leaders, but their high motivations. How do I use my entrepreneurial skills that God has gifted me to really be able to serve the gospel? And that's why we are creating this ecosystem called the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader Ecosystem. For more information on the Growth Center, please go to www.thegrowcenter.com. That's www.thegrowcenter.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at Growth Center Network. And so 
Bill, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for just taking time out to talk. Thank you so much, Tommy. Great to be with you today. All right. We'll talk soon.